The hypocrisy of atheism is to deny the validity of belief, all the while holding their own sets of beliefs. When atheists hold their own blind beliefs, they have no right to ask anyone else for scientific evidence for their beliefs. So what are some examples of these blind beliefs? There are plenty, but one that we can start with is a belief in free will. Atheists assume that it's possible to have free will. But free will is a concept that can't be scientifically proven to even exist. And without free will, the idea of good and evil actions cannot even be conceived of. For example, we don't say that a volcano is evil when it kills the inhabitants of a village, because we assume that it doesn't have free will. But why do we assume that it doesn't have free will? And why do we make the assumption that we as human beings have free will? Is it because we're more complex? And does that mean that a mouse might have free will? So there's no real basis for it. A volcano, just like us, is a complex combination of molecules. Everything it does is the result of a series of cause and effect. In the same way, from a scientific perspective, everything that we as human beings do, everything that we think, is also the result of a series of cause and effect. There's nothing happening inside of our bodies, inside of our minds, that's outside of a measurable process. There's nothing above it on a spiritual level from purely a scientific level. So there's nothing that happens in our brains that is outside of measurable chemical reactions. Now if we believe that a mysterious outside force called free will can influence that measurable cause and effect that's happening inside our brains, then we have no reason to reject that the same mysterious force of free will can affect the cause and effect happening inside of a volcano, or maybe happening inside the mind of a mouse or something like that. So why is it that when a volcano kills an entire village, it's not evil? In the same way, why is it that when a tiger kills all the people in a village, it just goes on a rampage? Why is it not evil then? But when a human being does it, it is evil. From a purely scientific level on scrutiny, we find that there is no actual scientific evidence to prove this belief in free will, that a volcano has free will or it doesn't, that a tiger has free will or it doesn't. And there's also no evidence to prove that we as human beings have free will. Now, one might argue that we must have free will because we're free to change our behavior anytime we want to. Now, a volcano can't choose to change its behavior because we can predict when a volcano will erupt. If we have enough information, we can exactly predict its behavior, when it's going to erupt, exactly what it's going to do next. So we can hardly consider it to have free will if we can predict exactly what it'll do next and why it will do it and what it will do. Now, the problem with this is that scientifically, this is also the case with human beings. Our brain is nothing more than a combination of molecules. Our lives and our experiences are just a series of chemical reactions. The fact is that every one of our actions is the result of a long series of cause and effect. The assumption that a mysterious outside force that is above these chemical reactions, that is above these measurable realities happening within our physical body, that something mysterious and above it called free will and consciousness is influencing these chemical reactions, this is scientifically nothing more than fiction. It can't be said that a human has free will if we had perfect information of every chemical reaction and every action, then we could predict what we're going to do next. So every single thing that we do with enough information, it can be predicted. In the same way that everything a mouse does can be predicted with enough information, everything a volcano does can be predicted with enough information. So scientifically, free will turns out to be a baseless assumption. Now, one way to understand this fallacy is through steps, gradually. Now we agree that a volcano doesn't have free will, but what about a tree? That's slightly more complex. Does that have free will? If it doesn't, then let's think about something a little bit more complex, a mouse. Or if a mouse doesn't have free will, then maybe a tiger. If a tiger doesn't, then what about an ape, a monkey? 
If a monkey doesn't have free will, if it doesn't have the capacity to choose between good and evil, if a monkey annihilates a village of human beings, we can't call it evil. Then at what point in our history and human evolution did we begin to have the capacity to do evil? Did we have the capacity to have free will to choose between right and wrong, to choose between one thing or the other? Where did we develop this consciousness? When we were prehistoric humans, when we were in a sort of monkey-like state, whatever it is, that divine quality, that spiritual quality of free will, exactly where did it come into? The reality is that in principle, there's no actual difference between humans and volcanoes or mice or tigers or apes. At the end of the day, in principle, we're all just a combination of molecules with different degrees of complexity. They are a series of cause and effect. An animal is a series of cause and effect. Everything that happens inside of a volcano is cause and effect. Everything that happens inside of our brains, every single thing is a, is a result of cause and effect. So to try and scientifically prove that humans have free will and other animals and objects do not is futile because there's no basis to define free will. No evidence to conclude that free will exists. Now, now, if we take baking soda and put it into vinegar, then we can make a we can make a model volcano. Kids do this all the time. It's a chemical reaction. It's something that we can predict. So we say that volcano doesn't have free will. But let's take animals for example. We have mice. If a certain hormone is injected into a mouse, its behavior will change in a very measurable and predictable way. And we can repeat that experiment in a lab with consistent results. So in the same way that we know that if I add baking soda into vinegar, then I'm going to make this model volcano erupt. I can predict this. I can cause it. So similarly, by injecting a very specific hormone into a mouse, we can cause a certain behavioral change to happen, which is predictable and which is measurable. Now, if we had perfect information, we could precisely predict which chemical would result in which action. So a mouse is no different from any other combination of molecules. And scientifically, neither are we as human beings. To believe that free will exists somewhere in the unknown, somewhere beyond the information that's within our brains, beyond that cause and effect, is to believe that God exists somewhere in the unknown, in that unknown information about, you know, above the universe that we have no access to. So with a human being, we can inject a certain hormone into our system, and we can measure in predictable ways the way in which that human behavior is going to change. And with perfect information, we can predict exactly what's going to happen. So with all of this information available to us, we cannot even hypothetically believe on a scientific basis that human beings are capable of having a free will and a consciousness that is above these scientific realities, these action and reactions, these measurable realities within us. To believe in that consciousness above the physical is no different than believing that there is a consciousness behind this universe. There is a conscious creator and a God who is above this universe. The only conclusion that science supports is that if we had perfect information, we would be able to predict exactly what the human brain, brain is going to do next and exactly what the universe is going to do next. To believe that somewhere in the unknown there is a mysterious force that it is consciously controlling this system of cause and effect. That some being, whether God or our own human consciousness, is controlling these things. To believe that, according to science, belongs in the realm of fiction. Now, for a person, an atheist, to believe in consciousness and to deny the existence of God is like denying the existence of Santa Claus but then believing in Santa's little elves. That's what it comes down to. Because... If a person is ready to accept that behind this purely physical reality of my physical body, there is something above it which cannot be measured, which cannot be hypothetically explained by science, 
If he believes that there is such a spiritual consciousness that exists, then why in principle can he not accept the possibility that behind the physical reality of this universe and its complexity, there is a consciousness behind it? So that consciousness behind the universe is what religion refers to and what Islam refers to as God. That consciousness behind our physical body is what we refer to as consciousness and free will. If you were to imagine that a mouse is observing us, imagine two mice having a conversation about the human body. They observe the human body, but they don't know that we're conscious. One mouse could think that this human body is just functioning on action and reaction. It's on autopilot. There's no consciousness behind it. There's no scientific reason to believe it. It's just action and reaction. The other mouse could look at us and say that, no, I think that there is some order in the actions of this human. It seems to have some kind of direction that it's working towards. So there seems like there should be a consciousness behind it. Both of these mice would have an argument that they could make, which is somewhat reasonable. The mouse that's an atheist, which says that the human body has no consciousness behind it. It's all just action-reaction. It's all just chemical reactions. There's nothing more behind it. He is scientifically correct. And the mouse that says that, no, there is something beyond the physical, something we can't conceive of and measure by science, but it's something that should exist. Something behind this order and this organization and this complexity and this direction and the unlikelihood that these actions and this being is a complete result of random variance and chance. That mouse would think that there is actual consciousness behind this human body, behind what it observes. So one position would be scientifically correct, the other one would actually be correct. So when we observe ourselves as human beings, we say that although scientifically I can't prove that my consciousness and free will exists, but I can prove based on my experience that consciousness exists because I experience it. So this is basically what we as religious people are saying when we observe the universe. There's a group of us who says that, no, this is all happening through random variance and chance. There's just an infinitely impossible number of genetic mutations which must have taken place for us to get to this point. And from a scientific perspective, maybe that's correct. But if you want to take that position, then also be consistent in your belief in free will and consciousness. Deny your experience of consciousness and say that, no, I'll take the scientifically correct and accurate position. But we as believers are consistent in our approach. We see the complexity of the universe and we accept that there should be a creator behind it, a consciousness behind it. And we seek to discover and develop a relationship with that creator and that consciousness. In the same way that we see that within our human bodies, there's no conclusive reason that we have to scientifically believe that our consciousness should exist, but we believe in it based on our experience. So when we see in our lives, personal lives, in the lives of people around us, in the lives of people throughout history, that they have experience and testimony, of experiencing the consciousness of God, the being of God, and conversing with God, then this is no different for us than to believe in our experience in our own consciousness. It is something that is based on experience, but not on irrefutable and conclusive scientific evidence. So the hypocrisy of atheism is to believe in a consciousness that defies science when it applies to their own physical body, but to deny the possibility of a consciousness when we look at the physical universe. So our issue is not with the belief in the unseen or not believing in the unseen, believing in God or not believing in God, believing in free will or not believing in free will. It's with this hypocrisy. It's with this self-contradictory position, this unsustainable level of skepticism that can't be applied reasonably to other aspects of life. So this is the hypocrisy of atheism.